Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. I told you last week about the cruise that we went on, and it just so happens that I had another trip planned this past week. That usually does not happen. Just so happened to land really tight together, but I flew to California to be with a couple of pastor friends of mine in the L.A. area, and just hanging out, I stayed in their house, his, one, of the, one of their houses, just hanging out with their family and learning from each other, just a beautiful time of relationship, and um, he's like, I want to show you L.A., so we're going to go hike to the Hollywood sign and that sounds good, you know, until you realize it's three miles straight up this mountain. And, uh, but we did it right at sunset, and it was so amazing. I have these pictures I want to show you of the Hollywood sign. Isn't that amazing? Just gorgeous. I took that at sunset, and uh, it, about halfway up, you could see, so this is a, this is a mountain that separates that's L.A. in the far left, Beverly Hills and Malibu and Hollywood right straight down. And then on the back side is Universal City and um, a lot of the studios. And um, just hit me as I was walking on this path. I really feel like God spoke to me. Think about the billions and billions and billions of dollars that are made in that spot right there that go all over the world. In fact, now there's a place called Bollywood <laughs> because of that. And they're doing amazing things there. Billions of dollars. Millions and millions of people are there. And billions and billions of dollars for one thing. That's entertainment and arts and movies and dramas and the beach is right there, and Santa Monica Pier is right there, and athlete, athletes and movie stars and all these millions and millions of dollars represented there to celebrate, to have fun. It's all about having fun. I mean, you watch a movie to escape, or you, or you go to a play or a drama or whatever to be a part and celebrate and have fun. And uh, you go to the beach to have fun. You go to the mountains to have to, to get out to 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 enjoy life. Then we hiked back down, and we went to a Laker game. And for all of you Spurs fans, I went to the greatest basketball team of all time, the Los Angeles Lakers. Seventeen titles. Come on. I became a Laker fan when I was like 12. I watched Magic beat the Celtics and it just stuck. But I do love the Spurs, although they're in last place of the whole thing. But anyway, I do love the Spurs. This night was packed, and they got up by 20. It was still packed. No one left early. We went and got two brats, two drinks, and loaded pretzel balls Seventy-one dollars. <laughs> Seventy-one dollars. I, I was like, how much money 
tickets, the uh, tickets we had right there were uh, not that bad, actually, $150 or something, but the average ticket price is around 300 Over $5 million came in that night for this event. That's just one game. And when you go to a game like that, you realize that it's, it's, it's actually about a lot more than the game. It's, it's the entertainment. It's the experience. It's the, um, you can't really see it, but down there on the court with Cedric, the entertainer, there's movie stars everywhere. And like, what are you seeing? What's going to happen? There's dancers. There's contests. There's all this stuff. And, like, literally at some parts of the game, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a game going on. <laughs> because there's just so many things happening. And um, you, you, you threw the Cowboys under the bus. The Cowboys are the most valuable franchise in all of sports, in America at least, maybe not the world, but America. They're worth $9 billion. I want to take a drink to that. <laughs> Jerry Jones bought them for $150 million back in 1988 or 89, and now they're worth $9 billion. Why did we pay so much money? Some people criticize athletes for being paid so much, but we pay them because we keep watching it, we keep going, we keep celebrating, we keep buying the jersey. We, we do that. Why? The good news is I'm not here today to try to convict you of any of this stuff. I'm actually here to tell you that it's a part of the way God designed us to celebrate, to have fun, to enjoy life. You don't have to feel guilty about that, to enjoy this life that we live. That Jesus actually came to make your partying better. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, I like this church, come on. Yeah, there's something inside of us that is designed by God to interact with the arts and celebration, having fun, entertainment. I know some of you men, you're like rednecks, you're like, whatever. You spend all that money on your guns and your truck, come on. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So we all enjoy certain things and we spend our time and our money on things that we enjoy and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, whew, God designed us for that. There's a cycle of satisfaction. There's a cycle of fulfillment. In other words, we're not robots. God designed the world to work in seasons. There's a time of planting, time of growing, a time of harvest, and and there's a season and all of that. And so we're not unlimited in our stability, right? There's fluctuations, and what that means is there's times to celebrate, and there's times to enjoy life. And so if you're in a season right now where there hasn't been much celebration I'm really glad you came to hear the word of God today. And I just want to tell you that you are going to celebrate again. 
you are going to celebrate. Again, you should probably tell yourself that right now. I am going to celebrate again. I'm going to celebrate again. This is a church that wants to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate your highs. We want to be there for you. When you're low, we want to encourage you. You're not going to be in this state forever. But God has a plan for your life to bring you up out of that pit and celebrate. Again, facts all throughout Scripture, we see that God's people spent a lot of money and a lot of time on celebrating. In the Old Testament, they have all these festivals that happen. And sometimes they'll shut down everything for a week and just party. Like in India, y'all have a wedding. It's not one day. It's a week. Come on. Sometimes they would have a whole year of jubilee. God designed it that way. He wants us to have fun. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to celebrate. And I just, I think sometimes we take it too serious. We, we, we get too caught up in our, in our world. And sometimes we get, sometimes religious people get too caught up in their rules and laws. And they forget to relax a little bit and have fun. Have some friends over. Stay up a little later. We have this um, app, uh, Life360, that our family has, and um, we can see where everybody is on this app and know what's going on. Well, the day after the game, I got a text from Erica, and she said, okay, Robin, I see you were out till 4 a.m. last night. I said, well, technically, I was only out till 2 a.m. because it was West Coast time, and of course, my body felt like it was 4 a.m., because we went to this rooftop restaurant after the game, and I was so tired, but I was like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to have fun. And it was a lot of fun. And I came home and slept. You are going to celebrate again. It is in this thought, in this idea of celebration, that God shows who Jesus is to the world. For the very first time, the very first public sign that Jesus displays to the world is at a celebration. John, the second chapter, the first verse. The next day, there was a wedding celebration. In the village of Cana in Galilee, Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples we're also invited to the celebration. Erica, would you give me my phone? I want to I read a different translation as well. Thank you, babe. Wow, you are beautiful. We'll celebrate that later. Okay. Oh, man. I got to find this other translation. I want to read you this other translation. How many of y'all know Gen Z talks in a different language? Have y'all seen the Gen Gen Z translation? Jesus and the boys were invited to a promposal celebration, and his mother Mary was too. For a while, it was bussing, but they started to run out of wine. So Mary spilled the tea to the sacred blood, and he said, bruh, 
I thought you were filling me. But low key, in fact, he was filling her and was merely speaking in cursive so that if you know, you know. So he entered his miracles era and was ready to get all that spiritual smoke. Then Mary went and told the servants to let him cook, for she understood the assignment. Then Jesus told them to pour some water into cups and then told the water to be extra. And the water said, bet. That's so funny. When they all drank, the master of the ceremony said, the bride and groom passed the vibe check, for normally a couple serves mid-wine last, but not going to lie, the wine absolutely slaps, for he didn't know that holy bro secured the bag for them, but the servants had the tea. All right. Thank you. How many of y'all understood anything I just said right there? I'm going to translate it for all the old 830 people. Okay. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. Now, here, there is wine. Technically, this is wine that has alcohol content in it. This is not just grape, grape juice. They have no more wine. This wine is a symbol of life and joy and happiness. Later, Jesus would take a chalice of wine and hold it up and say that this wine is a symbol of my blood. And that blood is the abundant life of Jesus. Okay? So I want you to see the symbolism and the parallel between what is happening at this first sign of Jesus and this celebration of the wedding and what he does on the cross. So he holds that up, and the blood of Jesus brings eternal life, okay? Then, verse 4, woman, Jesus replied, woman, what does this have to do with me? My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six. Somebody say six. Six Six stone water jars used for Jewish rites of purification. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. That's a big pot. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. This is a beautiful, it's a gorgeous picture of what Jesus does here, but then what he does for all of us on the cross. Six jars that were used for the purification rites of the Jews. Now, six, I'm not really big into numerology and all of the, like, links that numbers have all throughout the Bible. But it is pretty clear throughout the Bible that the six, the number six, is the number of man. is the number of uh, not God. Seven is. Seven is the number of completion. It's the number... Of God, There should have been six jars there. And the jars should have already been filled with water. So what we see here is humanity, unable and insufficient in their ability to purify themselves. And Jesus steps into the picture. 
just a beautiful foreshadowing of what Jesus does to bring the fulfillment of purification to all of us when he dies on the cross. This ability for humans to purify themselves, to cleanse themselves, is always going to be incomplete and empty. But Jesus is enough. Jesus brings the powerful uh, fulfillment of purification for all humanity better than any other source. All right, verse 9. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, but of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you've kept the best until now. A lot of stuff right here. And th- this is obviously the place where it shows us that this wine had some kick to it, okay? And that this is not just ordinary wine, but this is the best wine. This is what they would have thought would have been the most expensive wine. Jesus always brings the best into your life. And is, 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 you, you, you think that the best of your life has already come. Jesus says, no, I'm coming to bring you fulfillment in your last days, they'll be greater than your former days, all right? And, and that's just what Jesus does. He's always able to bring it up a notch, even after you thought it was at the top. This miraculous sign at Cana and Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother's his brothers, and his disciples. So we see here that Jesus literally does take water that these servants went and had collected. Now I want you to think about carrying a pot of 20 to 30 gallons of fluid. That is heavy, okay? It's going to take several people to carry one jar. So um, there is a part in this, in this message I feel like is really important that I don't want you to lose out, lose out on when the mother of Jesus tells his servants, do whatever he says to do. I really feel like we can put ourselves in the place of the guests and in the place of the servants, really, and hear the words of Mary. Whenever Jesus says something, we better do it. It's important. That's what we call our works. That's what we call our uh, efforts that we are called to do. And it's a job that we're called to do. And it takes us working together. Because we can't carry the pot by ourselves. So we're, we go and we follow the directions. And I, you can break it down into four sections there. First of all, do. That is Obedience. Whatever, Jesus is going to tell you to do some things sometimes that you don't understand. Whatever he says, do it. Because it's the words of Jesus. How do we know the words of Jesus? We read scripture. We dive into this beautiful book that we have, the Bible, and we we hear, we glean from it. But also have an ear to hear and listen as we're talking with other people Or even in a service like this, we're singing together, we're praying together, we're hearing the word taught together. We're listening to hear the voice of God and hear anything that he might be leading us to do. 
So do, be obedient, whatever. But it's very clear that she said he, so Jesus. We don't just do whatever we want to do. We don't do whatever someone else wants us to do. We do whatever Jesus, he, whatever he wants us to do, whatever he tells us. So we have to have an ear that's out. So we have an ear to hear what God is telling us, and then we do whatever he tells us. So very important. Those are all, uh, you can go ahead and put the fourth one up there, whatever he tells you. Some of y'all just need to hear that right there. You're wandering around trying to figure out what to do. Dive into Jesus' words. Dive into the word, Jesus, and hear what he is asking of you and calling of you. But there's also a powerful principle here that whatever we do is never enough, right? That God is going to take our efforts, our ordinary work, that is important because he's told us to do it. Now, God, Jesus could have just stood there and said, okay, it's, I'm going to go ahead and step into this era. I'm going to go ahead and step into this public ministry and just said, okay, bam, you know, just whatever, however he wants to do it. And wine could have instantly appeared. God can do whatever he will. I mean, Jesus spoke and the worlds existed, right? Light existed and trees existed and plants and animals. Jesus could have just spoken and said, wine, bam, wine's there. But that's not the way it That's not the way it flowed here. In his first sign, he involves us. I want you to go do something. I want you to listen to me. And Mary is this mentor for us. And Mary is the one saying, okay, okay, Jesus is important. Listen to what Jesus has to say. And I feel like that's kind of like my role today. I'm kind of like Mary today. Listen to Jesus. He's got something to tell you, and you should do it. Do it. Go for it. Whatever he tells you. Have an open mind. Don't be so closed-minded you miss the direction of God. I'm not sure if we should go get water. We don't need water, right? Why would we go get water? Because Jesus told you to. Right? Go ask those people out to dinner. Go take cookies to your neighbor. You know, go help this mother. Go help the person at work. Go pray an hour. Whatever he says, do it. Yeah. We're involved in the process. That's beautiful. So it's never enough, though. But it's a part of it. It's important. For whatever reason, God wants us involved in it. And I love the fact that to carry, I mean, 30, 30 gallons is a heavy Heavy load. We have to do it. We're doing it together. We bring it. We're faithful. We're obedient to Jesus. We bring it. We set it at Jesus' feet. And then there's really no fireworks or anything that we see here. It doesn't say like Jesus stood back and flashed his hands or lightning came out of the sky or smoke came out. No. Like they brought the water and the next thing he says is take some out. Take some out. And as they're putting their ladles in to that water and pulling it out. They're like, whoa, what happened? Jesus changed it. Jesus changed, took your ordinary and made it into something extraordinary that only Jesus can do. 
And I want to give you confidence today, not in your abilities to perform at a certain level or do anything, but just step back and trust that Jesus can take your ordinary and make it extraordinary. Amen? Amen. It's the first sign of several that we're going to see as we study this book of John where Jesus is revealed. In the Gospel of John, these things that Jesus do are um, called signs, not necessarily miracles. Miracles happen, and the end result is in and of itself the point. A miracle happens, and bam, something happens, and the point of it is that. But in the Gospel of John, they're called signs, because a sign is always pointing to something else. And uh, I heard somebody say this week, you know, like if you're driving down the road and you see a sign for Hayes County Barbecue and you start salivating over that beef rib that's up on the billboard, come on. You don't go climb the billboard and take a bite out of the billboard, right? No, because it's pointing you to the right thing. The sign is important, but it's pointing you to something else. In fact, Ben, you guys can come on up. I see y'all Stretching over there and getting ready. Come on. A sign is pointing you to something else. So in the Gospel of John, that's what's happening at this celebration is that this is a sign pointing you, pointing you to something better than the wine that you're drinking, something much stronger than that. This culture that Jesus does this miracle in is similar to our culture, but a little bit different. It's there was a prevalent Greek culture uh, because the Greeks were there before the Romans were. So there's a big Greek culture still involved in all that area. And the Greek god Dionysus was the god of wine production. And the quote out of this god supposedly was, without wine there is no happiness. But what happens when the wine runs out? Because the wine is always going to run out. The wine itself is not the point because the wine will always run out. But there is an abundance of life that comes from Jesus. There is a fulfillment that comes from Jesus. Just to circle back to the whole idea of celebration. If you have been in a situation where you are not in that season of celebration and it feels like the wine has run out. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is ready to fulfill you and give you a reason to celebrate again. And that you don't have to doubt that or be afraid of that or be nervous of that. And I would just, why don't we all stand right now? I really feel like I want to go into some prayer There's only one that can take your efforts and anoint them into something special, and that's Jesus. There's only one that can take your life that is in a pattern of brokenness and confusion and selfishness and pride and turn it into something that's worth celebrating. Jesus fills our emptiness. Jesus fills our emptiness. I'm talking to some people here today. You've really been going through some things, and I'm glad you came today to hear the word of God. Jesus fills your emptiness. 
Some of you have been around for a long time. And it's tempting to go to the world's methods and take a good thing like a game or a drink or an activity or whatever and make it into your source of life. Taking a good thing, making it the main thing. Just that theme keeps coming up over and over as I study this gospel. So this today is a reorientation take our focus off of these things that are good but they will never completely fulfill you that the only way to party in life and have that abundance is through the work of Jesus Christ in your life and so I want I hope that gives you hope today and I just want to I just want to do an old-fashioned altar call today if there's people in here today that you are ready, maybe, you're, maybe your pots are dry, maybe your pots are filled with water, but you just feel like I just need something to celebrate. I, just, I feel like I just need something to help me get through what I'm going through right now. I want to welcome you to come down to the front today, and we're just going to gather up here. Nothing weird's going to happen up front. We're not going to do anything to you. We're just going to gather together at the front. We're going to sing this song that we we're just singing a few minutes ago. And I feel like it's going to be a, a special, special, sweet time. A special, special, sweet time. Like Pastor Norman was saying, you know, it can just take a moment in a service like this where the Lord touches you and makes a difference in your life. And you can remember that moment forever. Why don't we bow our heads right now and pray a prayer collectively. And then as we sing this song, I want to welcome anybody else that wants to come to the front. Just take a stand, take a step, and let's, let's gather together and worship. Heavenly Father, I join together with my brothers and sisters right now. And understand, God, that there's so many of us that are hurting and struggling with the things of this world and the things of this life. Maybe it's just selfishness, pride whatever people doing things to us situation with family or work school whatever and the wines run out lord we just pray to you jesus christ and say come on lord jesus turn our water into wine today make a difference god in the in the efforts that we have been giving lord some people have been serving and giving and volunteering and and, and extending their hand to other people. They've been filling those pots with water. They've been obedient. They've been connected with other people. God, we're just praying that you do something divine and special and unique. Come on, Lord Jesus. We are ready to celebrate. We are ready to have the abundance. Jesus, you said that you're the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no one can come to God except through you. So Jesus... What we're saying is yes to you today, right now. Why don't we all just say yes to Jesus right now? Yes, Jesus. I receive you in my life, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sin. Please forgive me for trying to turn the water into wine myself. Please forgive me for just indulging in too much wine myself, God, and not looking to you, Lord. 
Instead, God, we're praying for you to come do something special in San Marcos at the 830 service right now, God, as we begin to lift up your name and worship you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Come on. Amen. Let's worship together. You never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I know, I know You never win You can do all things You can do all things But fail Cause you never lost a battle
Jesus. You're more than able, my Jesus. somebody today that is spouse, wife, husband, family member, kids, parents, I want you to take their hand right now and uh, join together. If you're solo and you feel comfortable joining together with somebody, you can put a hand on their shoulder, whatever. I just feel like we need a touch and agree right now that the word of God comes to pass and we believe it and we trust. We trust in you, Jesus, right now. We trust in you, Jesus. Not in our efforts, not in our ways, but we trust in your ways, God. And we believe that in time, you're gonna turn this ordinary into something extraordinary. And it is sustaining and it, and it provides us the emotional support, the spiritual support, psychological support, physical, whatever it is that we need, God. And Lord, I just pray for smiles to come back on faces and the laughter to come back into homes and the joy of the Lord to just be prevalent in, in offices and uh, work sites and job sites and hallways and patrol cars and every facet of our city Lord I just pray God that there would that that the devil is defeated in San Marcos and that fear and evil and darkness is not going to prevail but Jesus you're going to lift the cloud off of people's situations Lord and there's going to be celebration there's going to be happiness there's going to be a, 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 just a sense, Lord, that you're in control and there's nothing that can come against us that shall prosper. Nothing that the enemy brings against us will be the last word. But Jesus, you are the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that Jesus, you prevail over everything that happens. We know we go through some times. We know we got to go through some seasons of difficulty. But Jesus, we're not going to get lost there. We're not going to get stuck there. Jesus, you are our answer. You are the door. And we just declare you in Hayes County, in Texas, this, this wonderful place we live that you called us to. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.